We are so thankful and excited today to uh, introduce our speaker, Sister Amy Myers. And uh, what a wonderful pastor's wife she is. And first lady here at First Pentecostal Church and works so hard behind the scenes. Amen. With uh, our children and, and with so many different uh, ministries and never asked for any kind of public recognition. She's just happy to serve. That has been modeled by her parents who are tremendous people that are just servant workers and kingdom minded. And uh, we are so blessed here at First Pentecostal Church uh, to have uh, uh, Sister Amy Golden Myers as our speaker today. She really is golden. That was a perfect maiden name. And uh, when she added Myers to it, it just got better, you know. It sounds Jewish like we should have money or something, but it's just us Palm Bay folks here. We're, uh, we're so blessed. And Sister Amy Myers is such a wonderful wife and tremendous mother. She homeschools our three children. She's also the uh, lady secretary of the Florida district, some 140-something churches. And uh, she just is such a blessing in so many areas. If you know her, you love her. And we're happy that she's come to speak. Would you welcome Sister Amy Myers? Thank you so much for the the kindness that you show to me and to my family you may be seated it's an honor to be with you today I give honor to my husband my pastor I don't know how he does this like took me a month I think to get ready for today but he does it every week and 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 it's amazing to me I have a picture for you um, this is a picture of me at about four or five years old, and I am playing church, and my sister and I, that's, we would play church, that's something you play house, we play church, and so I'm singing or something, I'm not sure what I was doing, and my sister, since she was just the two of us, I tried to sing to her, preach to her, and pray her through all in the same. <laughs> well, one time we were playing, my mom overheard us, and she said, Amy, you can't preach. You're the woman. You need to sit down. <laughs> she was, I think, all done. But clearly, I'm not a preacher today. But I do all love you, and I'm so thankful for you all, for my church family, and I'm so thankful to be with you all today. My subject today is honor roll. Not a role like the list of names that you would find on an academic society or, or some type of a roll call, but I want to talk about the honor roll, like what our role is as Christ followers to fulfill the mission and the purpose that we have of honor. It's been said that it is easy 
or much easier to dishonor than it is to bring honor. But it's our role given to us by God to honor as Christians. First, we know the first thing that we have commanded by God is to honor our parents. The Bible is incredibly clear on this subject. It's actually in God's top 10 list, if you say. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, it says, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. This is not just only found in the Old Testament, but it's repeated again in the New Testament. It says in Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mightest, mayest liveth long on the earth. In the Hebrew language, that word honor there is kabod. It means to be heavy, to be weighty. The concept is something that, or someone, who cannot be easily dismissed. Imagine you would a huge boulder in the road. It's something that we have to make allowance for, like a heavy weight. It's pressing on our thoughts. Like something glorious, we have a sense of awe or reverence for the person or thing we choose to honor. Honor, therefore, is the exact opposite of thoughtlessness and neglect. It conveys a sense of enormous importance to the person to which it is given. It's an expression of value and worth. It's taken from a concept that if something is heavy, like a piece of gold, it has greater value than something lighter, so that heavier piece has more value than the lighter piece. It's got more worth. It weighs more. Our parents are our first teachers. They impact us in a mighty, tremendous way in those formative years. And we don't forget the things that are said to us and that are taught to us when we are young. So since today is Mother's Day, I thought I'd share with you a few things that some of our mothers have taught us. Some would say mothers teach us logic. Logic like, if you fall out of that tree and you break your neck, you're not going to get to get up and go with me to the store. <laughs> or logic, if everyone ran and jumped off a cliff, would you go follow them? Mothers teach us humor. When you get hurt after I've told you to stop doing that, don't come running to me crying. Right? Mothers teach us genetics. You're just like your father. <laughs> Mothers teach us about anticipation. Wait till your father gets home. I've used that one. Mothers teach us about receiving. You're going to get it when we get home. Mothers teach us about religion. You better pray that comes out of the carpet. <laughs> I had a lot of those prayers. 
They say mothers teach us about stamina. You are not getting up from that table till all your homework is done. You're not getting up from that table till you've eaten all your vegetables, right? Mothers teach us about justice. One day you will have kids that are just like you, and then you're going to see what it's like. My mother taught me about the circle of life. I brought you into this world, I can take you out. Uh, I thought those were great. I've used that one with my kids and I've also used it, I've also said, and I can make another one look just like you. I have twins, so. The first five commandments is about our relationship with God. The next five are about our relationship with the human race. The fifth commandment to honor our parents, it's that bridge between our love for God and the respect for others. If we want to have a right relationship with God, we need to have a right relationship with our parents. And then we can have the right relationship with others. It's very interesting that the Bible tells us to love God. The Bible tells us to love your neighbor. The Bible tells us love a stranger. But nowhere does the Bible ever tell us, more specifically command us to love your parents. Instead, it commands us to honor them. Honor is a higher calling than love. I thank the Lord for my family tree, my apostolic heritage. My children are blessed with the generations of apostolic heritage. Both of my grandmothers are very involved with church plants. My mom's mom had church in her basement, started a church there. My, my dad's mother would travel around panhandle playing piano for starter churches. So Paul says to Timothy, he calls attention to Timothy's heritage. It's important. He says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, 5, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that it is in thee also. Everything I know about being a mother, I learned by being raised by a godly mother the influences of my grandmothers, and the example of my mother-in-law. What I know about being a mom is the example that these women who were prayerful, godly women displayed. My nanny, which was my mom's mom, she was raised in a home of heartache, but she had family members that would take her to Sunday school. And at an early age, she caught God's eye. He saw her heart and he marked her. You see, she had such a hunger for the truth and for the word of God. She loved him. And when she found it, she embraced it, held on to it. She lived it, loved it, and she passed it on to her children and her grandchildren. If you ever needed somebody to pray for you, it was my nanny. She was a very prayerful woman, and I miss those covers, covering of prayers. 
She was a special lady who could call fire down from heaven and make the best chicken and dumplings and make your mouth water and her homemade biscuits. She gave the tightest hugs her little four foot four frame could give. And you kind of sometimes ached a little bit after she squeezed you so hard. She always had a safety pin. She always had enough pennies to make the cash register. The cashier have to do extra math. She count out. Oh, I have pennies for that. But how she loved and how she loved with a passion and she loved her family. She loved her pastor, man of God in her life. She loved her church. And now she's dancing around the throne, praising God, lifting her hands. She would sleep over at our house quite often, about every 48 hours. My dad was a firefighter, so she would come and stay with us. And I was the lucky one. I got to I'd give up my room for Nanny to come stay. And I think now that was how my mom held me accountable to keeping my room cleaned. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> I'm going to use that, I think. <laughs> What I know about being a mother is from a mom who prayed for me, unconditionally loved and supported me, and I'm very grateful for that. I watched her love my children, read to them, pray over them. I can remember times going to my parents' room, ask a question, and hear her in there praying, calling out my name, calling out my sister's name, calling out family members who had turned their backs on God, calling out lost friends. And I'm a better mom because of her prayers. I can remember her cooking us meals when she was fasting. It's true love. (laughs) I'm thankful for her love and constant devotion. It's real and strong. And who I am today is because of my mom. I've watched her stand strong as she's had to bury her mother and her sisters. Never wavering. I've watched her turn to God when family has turned their backs on him. I've watched her lift up others when it had been easy to tear down. And I've watched her compliment my father, not compete with him, never putting him down, always lifting him up. When I was little, I had a lot of questions. I like to talk a lot. Often my mom would have to say, Amy, let's rest our voices. And I have used that a time or two on my children. But when I became that, that tough teenager or that anxious adult, her wisdom was always there. That listening ear just to bend one more time. I honor my mother-in-law today. I'm indebted to her for raising such a wonderful son. Her guidance in teaching him has blessed me, my children, And you, our church family. I know she is a woman of prayer and hears from the Lord. Everything I learned about being a mother has come from these godly women. I apologize for all the family details. It's kind of like watching somebody's bad home movies and you're forced to sit on the couch trying to stay awake. But if you've had godly parents or even have had the opportunity to have godly parents, the command to honor your parents is even more important because you are given a great treasure. And the Bible says to whom much is given, much is required. So I feel since my responsibility to honor those that God has placed in my life. 
I know that I stand here today talking to a congregation that may have many different stories, many different memories. Some may be good memories and some may be painful. And in many ways, life can get messy and families can get kind of messy and even become fractured. But only God is the perfect parent. Amen. Take a deep breath with that. You're never going to be the perfect parent. You didn't have the perfect parents. And your children won't grow up to be perfect parents. We all have faults. We all have weaknesses. We all have inconsistencies. And every parent has made mistakes, have sinned. Every child has made mistakes. Every child has sinned. But God's word helps us to know what our role is in this race we call life and that role we are called to honor. The Bible tells us a lot about how our mothers interact with us and how they form that foundation of our life and, and how the role of honoring and understanding that family is an important cornerstone to God's plan for our life. In God's plan, the family plays an important role. The family is to offer unconditional love and life companionship to members and to honor one another. So not only honoring our parents, but second is we need to honor the family. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 8 tells us, My son, hear the instruction of thy father. Forsake not the law of thy mother. The word law here actually means Torah. In Hebrew, it is the foundational narrative. It means to guide, to teach. It is the first five books in the Bible. But these aren't just full of laws. They're full of stories and laws. And teaching in the Torah and even throughout the ministry of Jesus, it was done through stories. Stories that taught us life lessons. And if you think back... Our mothers taught us many things using stories. Sometimes they might kind of be terrifying stories. Like, if you play with matches, you're going to burn the house down and everything and everyone inside. So don't play with matches. Or she'd tell you something terrifying like, you know, if you run with scissors, you're going to poke your eye out. All right? Did you ever hear the one about blowing up a balloon? If you blow up a balloon all by yourself, you're going to choke and die. And I'm not going to be here to save you. Those are horrible. Those are scary, aren't they? Well, first story. I have a story. When I was young, I thought, I'm going to run away. That's it. I'm going to run away. So I told my mom. I'm running away. She said, that's fine. <laughs> I was like, she said, but there's a condition. Okay. You're going to leave me. You're going to leave me the way you came to me. <laughs> I asked, well, what does that mean? No clothes. No food. No money. Nothing. I thought, very short pause there. I changed my mind really, really fast. <laughs> Didn't sound too appealing anymore. But that lesson taught me a valuable lesson to appreciate my home and then what I had. 
don't forget the stories of your mother, the things she's told you, her narrative. Mothers are made up of a glue that kind of holds everything together. I want to take a moment to honor our single mothers that are here at FPC. mothers you're made up of a special glue holding it all together and that's amazing and hats off to you and we honor you today you're holding your family together with that glue Solomon mentions in the last book of Proverbs about those that hold it all together Proverbs 31 25 and 26 it tells us there that strength and honor are her clothing and she shall rejoice in time to come. She opened her mouth with wisdom. And in her tongue is the law of kindness. There's that word again, law. Kindness. Your mom was kind to you, even when you didn't deserve it. You probably needed an attitude adjustment. That's our code. You need an attitude adjustment. But she just showered you with kindness. One thing about godly mothers is that their stories and their teachings outlive them. It goes beyond. There's no doubt many of you who do not have your mother here today, she may have passed on, but her teachings are inside of you. They're in your heart and your mind, and they've lived on through you, and you've passed them on to your children. I have wonderful news today. No matter who you are, no matter where you came from, no matter your background, no matter your history, no matter what your family dynamics may look like today, and you may say, Sister Amy, I didn't have a godly mother. My mother never prayed for me. I have good news. I have good news for you today in the scripture, in the Old Testament. It's one of the darkest times in Israel's history. And it was in the book of Judges. There was a civil war going on. And in Judges 5, 7, it tells us, the inhabitants of the villages ceased. They were empty. They were gone. There was nothing left. They ceased in Israel. And until that, I, Deborah, arose. That I arose a mother in Israel. One lady, she had that mothering instinct, not just for her family, but for a nation. Turned the whole tide of violence and civil war in that nation. And her name was Deborah. So no matter what your family situation may look like today, no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what you're looking at, God has ordained that the church, that in this church, that we would all have godly mothers. There are many spiritual moms here today at First Pentecostal, many women that are sitting in these pews that are godly and holy. Paul would tell us in Romans chapter 16, verse 13, Paul would say, salute Rufus chosen in the Lord and his mother and mine. I paused there and I thought, as far as I know, Rufus, Paul, they were brothers. Paul have a brother? 
No. What he was talking about here was not his earthly biological mother, but rather that Rufus's mother was his spiritual mother. I'm thankful for my grandmothers. I'm thankful for my mom, my mother-in-law, but who've taught me so much about being a mother. But when I look here at this congregation, I see so many ladies here of every age. I see ladies in our nursery caring for our babies. I see spiritual mothers sitting here today. I see Sunday school teachers that are over, may not have children of their own yet, but they are mothering and guiding and caring and nurturing for these young children. I see ladies from women of excellence nurturing and caring for one another. I see godly widows. I see daughters of Naomi and Sister Veely under that leadership, interceding and praying for us, praying for this ministry, praying for the members, praying for you. And we may have ladies here who have never been a natural mom, but they are mothering and caring for those that the Lord has added to the church daily. Aren't you thankful for those spiritual mothers? Thank you, Lord. We've seen couples and we've seen, you know, young people or singles that may have a situation or a dark circumstance and, and it looks like, you know, they're going through a hard time. And it's amazing to watch a spiritual mother come up behind them and wrap their arm around them or give them that kind word, cover them in prayers. She might be their natural mom, but she may have been their spiritual mom too. Those prayers that that lady prayed over them meant the world to that person that was hurting or that was in trouble. So whether today is a wonderful day for you or to some, today may represent heartache and loss, I have great news. No matter how dysfunctional it might be, no matter how great it might be, no matter how bleak a circumstance might be, no matter how much your heart might break, the good news is that today you have a church family that loves you. You have a church family that cares for you, reaching out for you, supporting you, lifting you up, cheering you on. And it's amazing that God's family, it's going to last longer than that physical family. Because one day we're going to all be together, worshiping around the throne together, <laughs> praising our Savior. Just like mothers who want to protect their children from harm, they want to hold on, they want to protect Jesus. And the church are here for us. We're holding on to Jesus and we're holding on to his promises. The few weeks ago, I was going to jog home after being with my parents and over their house. They're, they live about five houses down, a little bit, kind of a jog around. And I was going to run home and it was dark. My mom said, listen, I'll just follow you in the car while you run home. It's okay. I'm like, mom, I'm 38. It's just right here. But they still have that instinct to want to protect. You know, it doesn't matter how old you are. They text me when you get home. Let me know you made it okay. You know, it's just part of us. And that's how we are with the church. The mothers greet you with a hug and a kind word. That's what we are here for. That's the church. Like mothers who never forget anything, we 
the church should not forget his blessings. We should not forget his goodness. We should not forget his miracles, the mighty works that God has done for us. If you have hurts because of your life, because of your upbringing, I have a recommendation. And how to overcome that is by being born again into this family. It's not about joining a religion or some organization. It's not about this building. It's not about all of our social gatherings. It's what, about, it's what it's about is about being born again into this family where you can begin your new life, where you can leave that old one behind. All the hurt, all the hangups, forget all of that. You can come and be a part of this loving, growing spiritual family. And the thing about this family is stable. It's secure, it's safe, it's loving. When Psalms, if you look in Psalms 27:10, it says, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord, hallelujah, is gonna take me up. The Lord will take me up. I won't pretend to know what that's like, but I can imagine. But to know I have the Lord that he will take me up, he will take us up and graft us into his family, he will adopt us, and he will become our spiritual father, amen? Aren't you glad that the Lord can bring us out of every situation and deliver us from any kind of background, and he can give you the family, the family of God? You just don't go here, you belong here. You don't just attend this church, you are a part of God's family. God's family is bigger than this building. It's bigger than this city. It's bigger than this country. God's family goes around the world. There's a verse in Psalms chapter 68, verse 6. It tells us, God setteth the solitary in families, even the lonely, even the one that does not has a family. It's the church. The enemy would want you to feel alone, but you have the church. The enemy won't try to convince you that you're trying to do this all on your own. Nobody cares, but you have the church. He may try to tell you that no one's caring, no one's loving, but you have the church. He has given you this family, a wonderful church family, one that cares for you, thinks about you, loves you. God brings people into our lives through the family of God. He raises up mothers in Israel to give that encouraging smile, that kind word, that prayer partner that you may need. Isn't it wonderful to belong to a family of God? I'm so thankful for you today. I'm so thankful that I'm a part of this family. It's not just mothers in the church, and it's not just spiritual mothers. The Bible tells us in the New Testament that the church itself is our mother. We know that God is our father, but the church is our mother. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 26, it tells us, But Jerusalem, which is above us, is free, which is the mother of us all. The spiritual Jerusalem, it comes from above. The church teaches us, it reads to us, it reaches for us, it nurtures us, it cares for us. And I'm so thankful for our church today. I honor this church and I honor each and every one of you that are a part of this family. Part of that honor is directly tied to honoring those that have rule over us. 
Romans 13.1 says, Let every soul be subject unto higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. So if you play sports, honor your coach. If you Bible quiz, honor your coach. If you're a student, honor your teacher. If you have a boss, honor your boss. Even if you think you're smarter than your boss. (laughs) You still have to show them honor. Maybe you'd like to be boss someday. But you can't lead until you follow. If you're married, wives, honor your husband. Even when you get mad at him. Even when you don't always might see eye to eye on it. You have to love him and honor him and treat him with grace. Uh, my husband and I, when we, were, we dated and I was sharing with my nanny about, you know, about my relationship and, and dating pastor. And when we would travel, I would travel back and forth and she'd always want to know, how's Brother Myers? So I told her that we were dating and that we were getting serious and we're probably going to get married. And she said, okay, I need to ask you something. I said, okay. She said, do you love him? Of course I love him. Do you love him enough to call him Lord? Cricket, cricket. (laughs) I was like, what does that mean? (laughs) Well, she's talking about 1 Peter chapter 3. Verse 5 through 6. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Do you love him enough to obey him? Do you love him enough to honor him? That's what she was asking. We honor God when we honor the family. And we honor the family when we honor our husbands. And when you honor your husband, you honor God. Husbands, honor your wife. The next verse, 1 Peter 3, 7. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife, just to the weaker vessel. And that being heirs together in the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. So God tells us here in 1 Peter 3, 7, that we need to show honor to those who are spiritually guiding us and discipling us. And 1 Timothy 5, 17 is where he talks about that. He tells here, let the elders in 1 Timothy 5, 17, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, double honor especially those who labor in the word and in doctrine. And then since we live in a world of dishonor, how can we cultivate honor in our homes and in our lives? Romans chapter 12, verse 10 tells us, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. We can cultivate honor and grow honor in our lives by honoring each other. Is it really that simple? Yes, yes it is. When we go out of our way to demonstrate honor to others, especially when they don't deserve it, it 
cultivates. It just, it, then they feel that and then they choose to honor. It's the whole, whole cycle. There's a saying that says, it's respect that people earn, but it's honor that a gift that you alone can freely give. I'm convinced that the reason our culture is known as a place of dishonor is that we as a culture have dishonored God. The church is the mother of us all, but the Lord is our heavenly father. Just as we are commanded to honor our mothers, we are commanded to honor our father. I'll close with this. Perhaps the highest of all honor, and the honor that I believe is the most rewarding, is the honor that we give to our Heavenly Father. All true honor is born out of a heart of surrender to the King of Kings. Psalms chapter 22 verse 23 says, You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. Our culture tends to treat God as common. We're very familiar. I've heard the sayings when people pray. They say, oh, I talk to the big guy upstairs. I talk to the man upstairs. I pray to, the, pray to him. No, he's not your man upstairs. He's the son of God. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He is the ruler, the creator, the master. He is our savior. He deserves that honor. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. He is all things to all. And we des he deserves our honor and our praise and our glory. When we're able to see him as who he really is, we'll be able to honor others as we want to be. Not just because we want to be good people, but because we have his name applied to our hearts. We're no longer common or ordinary. When we take on his name through water baptism, when we have his spirit living inside of us, we have his name applied to our hearts and to our lives. And that makes us valuable. And we, it's like we have God's autograph written in our hearts. It's written across us just like a painter would sign a masterpiece. That makes you valuable. You have him. You have his spirit. You have his love. You have him living inside of you. You. And what makes you valuable is that you have that and you should then honor that. Because of what he did for us on the cross, it's just, it's our reasonable response to do something with our lives to honor Jesus. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. It's our role to honor him. Isaiah 29, 13, it tells us, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Oh God, don't let that be us. It won't be you and it won't be me. I refuse to be a generation that gives God only lip service. Instead, we're going to show him from our hearts because of what he has done for us, what he did, what he, how he died, how he rose, how he heals, how he gave us his spirit. And we should value that. We value each other and we should honor each other. And we are so thankful to Jesus for giving us his life so that we might live. Amen. When you live with honor, it reminds us of who you really are. 
and who God really is and how much he loves everyone around us. When we take the time and put our selfish egos on the altar and put that on the altar of honor, we become aware right then of the value that God places on each and every one of us. When we as disciples obey God's command to honor all people, everyone, everyone, we are following him and honoring him. John tells us in 12, John chapter 12, verse 26, if any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall I also my servant be. And if any man serve him, him will my father honor. I'm a daughter. I'm a mother. I'm a wife. But most of all, I'm a child of the king. And so are you. So are you. Our role today and for our rest of our lives is to honor our mother and father, both in the natural, but in the spiritual as well. Amen. If you'll stand with me today. I want to take the opportunity and the time for you to come to the altar with your family. If you have family here, come. If you don't have family, please come. Because you see, this right here is your family. We are the family of God. We are a family of believers made up of heartache and hurts, but also the love in our hearts to know that Jesus cares for us, that he died for us, and we need each other. We need each other. We're stronger together. We're not alone. We have each other. I want you to please come, and we're going to conclude. We're going to pray. I'll pray that pray for each other, and you ask, Lord, if I'll help me, help me show you honor today. Help me, Lord, let my life be honorable to you. I want to, God, honor you in, in my praise and my worship today. Lord, I praise you. Lord, lift your hands and find a way to raise honor to God. I love you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I honor you today. It is my heart's desire, oh God, to give you honor and glory. Oh God, cover us in love today. Cover us, oh God. Oh Jesus, we love you.